Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 142 of the Pixels Inc. podcast. I am your host, Cody Arm, and unfortunately, Phil is not with us today, but replacing him, rising from the ashes like a phoenix, is the one and only. only. I screwed it up. I'm sorry, Jordan. <laughs> you can introduce yourself first, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> you are the host. I, I said I'm, I'm your host, Cody Arm. Did you? Yeah. I didn't hear. He That's did. Okay. Well, Jordan Viardi's with us. Yes. How are you? Good old replacement Phil. <laughs> <laughs> that is how I know you. I've been okay, you know? I've been uh been doing my thing. Been yeah. uh been playing with my Switch. Yeah? How are you liking That's that? That's been great. Oh my god. You know, like I knew I was gonna like it, but I guess I didn't realize I was gonna like it this much. It's it's like, a pretty sweet console, not gonna lie. But but we will discuss that a little later on. So I got I like I would like to talk about that and yeah. and Zelda. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I need to talk to Zelda. I need to talk to Zelda. I need to talk about Zelda. We gotta talk to Zelda. God. We gotta sort some things out about this game. Man, this is gonna be a, a rough go for me. This podcast, isn't it? <laughs> You're a little sleepy today. Ugh, it's okay. Yeah, it's that's every week now. It's podcast time rolls around. It's like I'd normally be going home now, but it's okay. Is joining us is our editor in chief. Brennan Fry. Hello, hello, hello. How's how's it going with you, Brennan? I'm actually pretty good today. How about you, Cody? I'm I'm doing okay. Actually, you know what? I want to talk to you guys about something. Late on me. I I take I take the train in to work a lot, and um, I overheard a conversation. And by overheard, I was fully eavesdropping, but I was kind of like in the area where everyone was talking, and they weren't being like discreet about it. And they were talking about video games. So okay. it was uh, one of the staff that works on the train and a bunch of the riders. And uh, one person asks the staff if she has a video game console at home. And she said no because she thinks they're a waste of time. <sighs> Blasphemy. Yeah. And another person chimed in and he talked about how his 23-year-old son, he does nothing but play video games all day. Well, you know, I this is something I, I kind of face in my own experience because my aunt, she's sort of one of those people too. Like she doesn't understand what uh, a 27-year-old guy is still doing playing video games. And, it, it, you know, you're always going to have these people who don't understand what video games are or like how they have evolved because it's very easy i deal with this stuff even my brother too he gave me this stuff where like he was talking about how like video games are only designed to be played for and to have fun and i was and i kind of said well you know you played the telltale walking dead games like those weren't really fun were they like they were an experience they were a story that was being told like it was something that was supposed to evoke an emotion out of you and i think it's very easy for sort of um I guess people who only have uh, like a passing experience with video games to just assume that every video game is Pac-Man and that is all they'll ever be. And they don't understand that they've sort of, they have evolved to this, this very robust, very intricate art form where there's so many different elements at play that elevate them to sort of a, a, a higher plane. That's fair. Um, but my my response would have I didn't respond because I was like this could be a teaching moment for them, but it's also like eight thirty in the morning and I don't want that's to. That's too early. That's yeah, far too early. I didn't want yeah. to. <laughs> um, 
so I let them I let them bask in their ignorance. Uh, That's probably the right choice. Yeah, Cody. but my response would have been, how many hours a day or a week do you spend watching TV? And how is that any different than consuming media through a video game? It's really not. Yeah, yeah that's that's my point too. And I even I tried to to explain that to to my aunt. I was like, "Well, you go to see movies, you watch TV, you read books. How are those any different from video games? Like yeah. they're they're forms of entertainment, and there's like their their emotional experiences. Like you can't." put one on the other just because you know and that's the same thing too is that like it's like because she she's got kids now too and so she sees them playing like mario and stuff and to her it's like well you know video games are mario but it's like but not every movie is shrek you know like there there's for every shrek there's uh, the revenant like <laughs> yeah and it i was, was trying to tell was... like and that's how it works with video games like for every mario you have something like the last of us yeah, it was weird. I, and I guess it's because in my life, I've kind of... Sur- I've only surrounded myself with people that play video games, review video games, like they work in the industry, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's weird to me to kind of be on the outside and think, oh, wow, people still think that. Like, he actually... One of the people actually used uh, the example of, like, that person living in a mom's basement doing nothing with his life and that's how he described this person like his i think it was his kid or someone's kid and it's like that's just how it is when you play video games and i don't know it it, it's something that it happened earlier in the week and i've still been thinking about it and (laughs) well that's a very you know that's a very easy go-to as well because i remember that i think i was watching an episode of the angry video game nerd and my brother came along and he was like really upset about it for some reason like he like he didn't understand it and he made that claim like this guy probably lives in his basement with his blah 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 it's like no this guy has like a very prominent successful industry that he's built up off of this character that he's made he's also a very well-known filmmaker like in in his own like youtube sphere like so it's easy to look at him and go he's just some angry guy on youtube probably living in his mom's basement meanwhile you know He's a very successful like businessman and entrepreneur and and filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't know. It's just it's, it's just one of those things that we're never. I don't think we're ever really gonna shake. You know what I mean? Like it's just one of those nerd stereotypes that we're never gonna really get rid of. Yeah, I guess so. But it's you look at some of the people who, like, like if you work in the video game industry, you can have a very successful life with everything you could possibly need and i don't know it's just one of those weird stereotypes that i didn't realize still existed and it kind of of course it doesn't exist cody any stereotype still exists until oh yeah for a while every stereotype still exists really even really horrible ones yeah yeah it's weird i just i never thought about it until i i was confronted with it and maybe as a representative of the video game community, I should have said something, but mm, it's fine. It so it's hard to change people's morning. minds unless they see how it like games can offer something really exciting, but they have to see how it works. To yeah. Them oh, and yeah, the other exactly. the other argument was, oh, uh, she has an Xbox 360 at her house that uh, her kid won't give up, and you should see him. He's addicted. That was the other thing. Well, that I I think raises a whole like that's a whole other can of worms because like there are people on i would on 
both sides of the argument that say video game addiction is a real thing just like any kind of addiction is kind of yeah. a real thing and then you have people like on the other side was like no it's fake he just likes playing video games he just doesn't want to do anything with his life because i used to get that a lot too because i would play a lot of video games and people would say oh you're addicted to video games if i if i took all your video games away you wouldn't know what to do with yourself and it's kind of like well yeah because it's not that i'm addicted to them it's because they're a, a, like they're a part of me they're a piece of art that i really appreciate and i really enjoy and yes if you, it's like if you took water away from me it would have an effect on me yeah. like it's not that i'm addicted to water well i mean that's a bad example water is a natural thing you need for life let's go with books okay or yeah. your tv i mean i, I feel outside like yeah any media yeah can it can it be addictive yes anything can be addictive you can get addicted to tea you can get addicted to you know like I don't know, poking people. I, I don't see that being an addictive can, process, can, but sure, uh, could. Anything could be... Have you seen My Strange Addiction? Uh, you're right. Yeah. People are addicted to weird stuff, man. Yep, And they like, are. Yes, it can release some of the same endorphins that you get uh, when you gamble, but, I mean, so can sports. Uh, so can working out. And uh, some of the aggression that you see in sports is similar to the aggression you see when someone isn't getting their way in a video game. But for some reason, lashing out and punching someone in the face uh, while playing a sport, oh, well, you know, it's just letting the game get the better of you. But, you know, throwing your controller is, wow, this is out of control. I don't know. It's just a I think, thing. You know, what, you, know, you know what I think it is? I think it's, it's, a, it's a very easy thing to, to assume someone is addicted to a video game because there's a level of control in a video game that you don't have, I think, anywhere else. Yeah. So, you know, when you, when you sort of go through your day-to-day life and, you know, it's kind of monotonous and, and kind of sucky, you know, when you can go home and sink six hours into a game like Skyrim where you are constantly in control and you, you know, you have, I guess there's like a power dynamic at play. It's easy to see why people can like, just, just want to do nothing but that. Yeah. Is it, is it, is that like, are those addictive qualities? Maybe, but I think it's just, it's just that thing where it's like, wouldn't you, would you want to live in a world that was constantly on fire or one filled with magic and whimsy and like dragons that you could fight? Yeah. It's a, Personally, it's a nice I would choose the latter. That yeah. is only fair. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to see what you guys thought. Glad, glad we could help you get that off your chest, Cody. Thank you. It's been, it's, it, it has been bugging me for a while, but you know. I hear you have some game news. I have a little bit of game news. Um, So first things first, I I did a little news story about it today. Um, Bioware went on Twitter and they essentially announced their announcement of information pertaining to fixes and such to Mass Effect Andromeda. Now, I'm sure most of our listeners are keeping abreast with, <laughs> with what's going on in, in the world of Mass Effect, but the game released in what one might call a questionably finished state. 
Um, despite a lot of really positive reviews, I haven't got into it, but personally, I haven't played any Mass Effect since the first one, and I didn't even finish the first one. Yeah. Um, and I'm hearing mostly good things, except for a lot of the character animations, facial animations, and just, like, like glitchy things that are happening overall, um, really do keep it from being great, and it seems kind of unacceptable from something like... The, with the prestigious name of Mass Effect and even coming from Bioware. And I think the more... In, so, like, that's that's all well and good. You know, they're, they're going to fix the game mm. they didn't release properly. <laughs> but I think it does, like, raise a more interesting conversation about this, like, state that we have got to in the game industry where a lot of games are coming out with this sort of release-first-patch-later mentality... Um, you see with a lot of stuff like you know I uh, pre- didn't uh, Call of Duty Infinite like famously release in you know, like a completely broken ass state. Um, no, I don't think it was that bad. I remember didn't a lot of uh, or no it was it was mainly in the Xbox three uh, Xbox One version. That oh, was just, maybe like, yeah. glitched out the out the rear end on it. And I thought I heard people say too like even the the PS4 version wasn't like it was pretty like it was pretty glitchy. It was um, less refined bad, than one would yeah. normally expect from such a polished series. Yeah, and then and you know, mm. famously there was like uh like Assassin's Creed studio, Unity though. and I think even didn't the last Assassin's Creed come out fairly glitchy too and <laughs> yeah, uh, it yes. Syndicate was yeah hot garbage. <laughs> yeah. And then and then most famously you had No Man's Sky. It's just so it seems like it's we've gotten to this this state because it seems like in more and more games nowadays are releasing with these massive day one patches. Yeah. So well, here's the thing. I believe that that actually has a little bit to do with um, the fan base and a little bit to do with the publishers. Now, I think that if Bioware could have it their way, they would have taken a couple more months and, and smoothed things out. But there's a bit... Uh, the, the, the publisher... EA um, had a deadline, and they needed that to come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, haven't they learned the thing, by though, now that but, doing that doesn't work? Like, but what happens when a game gets delayed? The community okay, so freaks out. They threaten the lives of journalists who just report on it. Um, it's it's almost just better to release the game in its crap state, knowing that people are going to buy it because you know, marketing, and, you know, fix it later. I believe it was the great Shigeru Miyamoto who said, and I quote, a delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is forever bad. Is it, though? No, I'm just playing devil's advocate because I I do agree with you that that they shouldn't be rushed. if we live in an age where now we can release a game and then fix it later, then what if, if the core mechanics are there mm-hmm. and the story is fine and the only thing that's wrong is that it's not polished and you can fix that with an update? But think about in, in relation, okay, now to something like Mass Effect Andromeda, even if they release a big patch that fixes all that, like all the facial animations and they make it great it's still going to be that game that launched with those horrible face animations and that's but I don't, all but here's people the thing. are going to remember uh, the, 
Mass Effect Andromeda's problem was not facial animation. That was one issue. The issue of Mass Effect Andromeda was it doesn't felt it didn't feel like a Mass Effect game or even a polished experience overall. The, the facial animations are sorry. The facial animations are one aspect of a bigger problem with that title. Because well, because I'm going on like what I've heard the most and like, the facial animations are the most noticeable. But there's a lot yeah. of weird glitches. There's a lot of major bugs. The storyline doesn't feel that polished. The overall experience doesn't feel all that exciting. And it just feels like a lesser entry in the series, and that's kind of a disappointment. Yeah, and I and that's then that's I guess um, sorry, Brady, because because from from what I've heard um, from most reviews, have said that it's it's not it's not half bad. Like it's actually it feels a lot like Mass Effect One, and and people like that. Um, the the most negative things I've heard are in relation to just a lot of the games like animations and no and no more or less graphic quality that kind of no, makes no. it look like a 360 game. No no no, that's not all. There's a major bugs in the title that are, go beyond far beyond. Okay. Uh, there's uh like when I was trying it, I woke up and one of the um, start of the game, right in the main area of my like where I started the game. There was an NPC from near the end of the game just wandering around. <laughs> just hanging out. And apparently people have seen issues where NPCs would have two NPCs of the same thing and they would be talking to you in two different places. I've seen that too, yeah. I've so, seen I mean, videos it's, it's, of that. it's a game that feels like it should never have left QA as it was and it feels like it was pushed out the and, door. Well, then there, then there you go. So if there's even more that I don't even know about and people are talking about that, I think it's, it is that thing. Even after you fix it, it's still going to have that black mark on its name. And it's going to say, well, yeah, you fixed it. But let's not forget that you also released it broken. Like No Man's Sky. No, even, they could add mountains of content to No Man's Sky, but it's already past that point. No one is going to remember that game as this big space exploration with all this content. It's always going to be that game that released and it broke a bunch of problems. Promises, and it wasn't the thing that anyone wanted when it released. To be fair, when No Man's Sky is just starting to get updates now, months after its release, if if EA is already saying we're going to have an update, and I think they were saying next week is when they're going to announce the full update. Well, they are pushing that out quick. Um, I think. I, mean, I could be wrong. I could if be they, making that up. If they up. push the update out um, as quickly as they push the game out, there's no way it's going to be that good. <laughs> Well, maybe, but I mean, it's it's going to be hard for the game to garner that reputation if it's only been broken for, well, not broken, but if it's only been unpolished for a few months. Now, with that being said, I need to stress this again. I don't think they should release games if they're not finished and then just patch it no, later. No, of course not. Because that is a reactionary um, uh, response mm-hmm. uh, that just shows that they thought they could release it like this without finishing it essentially and people would buy it and they weren't wrong but at least the backlash was enough they thought that people would be contempt with that and then that way it kind of insults gamers intelligence yeah i I would i would say just as a counterpoint to uh to like the previous statement you made cody is that the inner like with where we are now internet time is like a billionth the speed of normal time so even if they put out a patch a week after the games come out it's already been out like it's already too late you know what i mean it's spread across the internet so much that like it's out there and you'll always be able to find these bad examples of of things in this game i mean like mmos release pretty broken all the time and they one is a different game with a different scale like but it but the mentality of the user base is that it will get better. 
So, and, and a lot of games you have to pay up front to get into. So why why is there a different uh, standard? If, if you can pay and it will get better eventually. Because I think it's, it's the kind of thing like like when you go when you look back at like first generation World of Warcraft, like they made a game anticipating a million people playing it at once. But then once you actually have a million people playing it at once, things are going to change like you're going to realize that that mistakes were made and certain things aren't balanced properly because you can't it's easy to develop a game with a million people in mind but then it's totally different when they actually all start playing it at once yeah no you're not wrong i just think that um i'm just presenting different arguments that's all i i i shame on ea for releasing that um, personally, okay. I, I played Everyone a little else bit. Does it too? We're not just singling well, out EA. Well, we're here. not just singling out EA. This is just the example we're using. Zelda I mean, had a day one patch too. I mean, let's you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zelda still has issues. Zelda has major we need issues. To, we'll we talk need about to, that after. We need to like prefer, like say this. Like, we're not just shaming EA. I no. have been. I've gone on tirades about Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild's frame rate issues. Oh yeah, um, which and are it doesn't end there. Either. Unacceptable. But we can talk about that a little bit later because you have been playing that. Yeah, I have. Yeah, have you? Do you have? Do you have any more news? I need. I got. Um, I got. That, I got a fix. Fixing for news. We got. Uh, we got some some Destiny two stuff. Oh, yeah, it's whole happening. Of, got a trailer. Whole bunch of information on that one. We yeah. got uh, like like some story stuff. Um, I mean, based from the trailer and a lot of what. Uh, um, Bungie kind of said about it. It just sort of sounds a lot like Destiny One. I don't know, <laughs> but this one has a single player campaign. Yeah, so did Destiny One, kind of. I mean, relatively. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, obviously, it's going to sound like Destiny One because it's a sequel to Destiny Two. How Unless many? They're talking, how many games are um, completely like a single player campaign? Sorry to cut you off there, Cody. That's okay. <laughs> like, just guys want to clarify. Like, are they t- like? Uh, unless they're talking like a single player campaign in the same way that Halo has a single player campaign. That's the vibe. Same I'm studio. It's the same studio. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, like, you can you can play through Destiny One and like it more or less has a like a straightforward campaign that you can follow in a, in terms of like a main quest, quote unquote. There are few things in the world that sound worse to me than playing through Destiny 1 on my own. You know what? It really wasn't that bad. I mean, I used to see people, like, in the world, but I've never seen, like, I've never gotten into, a like, a, a main quest with anyone, and I never really felt that, that I needed to, like... I needed extra people to get through most of the main like dungeons. Like there are some like like those like uh, like in the way that they were in WoW, like the instances where you actually need a group of people to get through it. Um, but it really just sort of felt like like a decent little first person with RPG element shooter that you can blow through on your own, and it's really not that bad of an experience. I guess I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of Destiny. I thought it was it's okay. It's a game I go back to every now and again. Like I'll play it, I'll stop playing it for a few months and then I'll be like, "You know what? I'm I'm fixing to play it again." And like I jump in and out of it. Yeah. I mean, Destiny 2 has tickled my interest a bit, but if Destiny 1's shown me anything, it's that they know how to market a game over there at Activision. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> um it and it's a nice looking trailer. 
it is a nice looking trailer. The game looks pretty. Um, at least I the like that they did that pretty. thing too, where it's like kind of um, like real and then like like CGI mix that they yeah. started doing for like the Halo trailers. That always yeah. gets me every time. Did you see the um, the second trailer? I did not see the second trailer. I oh, saw okay. the first one. So the first trailer was just like a teaser, and then they. It it was like five minutes later, I believe. I could be wrong with the time frame, but it was within the same day. Um, They released the second trailer, which was the full trailer. And I was getting some vibes. Now, okay, maybe you can, because you've played a bit more Destiny than me. Um, I was getting a lot more vibes where uh, they're trying to add comedy. Um, They kind of had that, and I feel like that mainly came from... um nolan north redoing the the ghost because the ghost is supposed to be a little more like quippy and like like he because he's he's always sort of cracking wise a little bit as you go through the game and i feel like it maybe it wasn't as like tonally um dissonant with peter dinklage because he has that very dry like like solid reading of it yeah but then when you go back and when you and like play it again and that was the thing too is that i think i only experienced it with um nolan north because i like when i first played it i was playing the uh, the taken king dlc and i don't know if you know any of that information i know it released well uh, basically <laughs> um and this is for any of our listeners who don't know this because um, i actually oh. forgot too i had to go back and relook it Jordan? up um when destiny was first out. happening uh they initially had peter dinklage as like Uh, your like your little robot companion and then when they did the taken king dlc uh he could they couldn't actually get peter dinklage back so they had to recast like all of the the game's lines with um nolan north yeah sorry uh you cut out for a second well i heard you guys cut out for a second but i just kept going because for some reason it seemed like my recording was still happening okay so maybe we can just edit that out if if it's all still there. I think it is because my it doesn't look like my recording stopped. Okay. Um, what we'll do is we'll just like we'll cut, <laughs> and then we'll jump back in and do like a quick apology. Okay. All right. Sorry. One second. I'm gonna. I, I jumped over to the laptop and now I'm gonna go back over to the, the other. Uh, this it seemed like the sound cut, but it might have kept recording. I'm not sure. Cause I didn't hear you guys. Cause like yeah, like like all the ambient sound was gone. But like on my end, it looked like it was still going. And I think like even when I'm looking at the bars here, it looks like it still recorded everything. So okay. well, we'll just uh, we'll do a quick jump back. Where in. do you want me to like start again with what I was saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so give me one second. Okay. Hey, sorry about that, everyone. We had a bit of a technical difficulty. Technical difficulty we'll yeah. call it. Technical snafu. Uh, but. Well, Jordan, you were you were discussing something about. So what I was saying before <laughs> was, um, and again for any of our listeners who don't know this, when Destiny first launched, they had Peter Dinklage do the voice of the little robot companion, the Ghost, and when the Taken King DLC came out, they actually couldn't get a hold of Peter Dinklage because of like like scheduling differences. Like he, I think he was doing stuff with uh, Game of Thrones or whatever. Like they couldn't get him. So they they had to call in Nolan North to redo all of the lines from everything because you know Nolan North is a voice actor he's more available so they just said yeah we called him up he he could do it and they did everything so when you actually listen to like the way Peter Dinklage did the lines versus like the way Nolan North is does it he does it in that very like Nathan Drake kind of way where everything feels a little bit more upbeat and a little bit more like comedic but I think the overall 
tone of the uh, of the of the game was um, it's, a, it's a little dark, but they do find a way, and you can actually even see it a little bit in the um, the Taken King like DLC, like in some of the cutscenes, like they have. Uh, I think I think it's Nathan Fillion doing a voice of one of the characters, and like he's cracking wise. The tone's a little bit lighter, so if they're actually committing to that for uh, Destiny Two, that could be really interesting. Um, oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Now that's the one thing that I noticed in the the second trailer is that it was a little more lighthearted, and that to me, I just it takes a certain kind of skill to add comedy to a to, to a video game because it's such a different medium and so oh, yeah, many 100%. games so many games try to do that and they fail spectacularly and I could see where they're trying to be a little more lighthearted in the situation and I would have just preferred if they didn't even try the comedy at all you know I agree with I you f- Think oh sorry Brandon you want to go no I, I'm disagreeing with I don't I don't think the comedy necessarily works it's supposed to be this dire situation of the kind of end of humanity type thing you kind of want to have that gravitas yeah exactly and that's I I've had this issue with a few games uh, especially recently Battleborn was one of them uh, the other one it's still in development I played it at E3 and its name is escaping me I don't know. Agents of Mayhem. Oh that yeah, that it. one. Yeah, I, I previewed Agents of Mayhem, and I thought that the comedy was a little, a little lacking, uh, or a little too. Ch- it comes across as too tryhardy. Every game now is trying to be uh, like a Saturday morning cartoon level of over okay. the top, and it just, yeah, it worked a little bit in Overwatch, but I mean, just. So I think I think it's a little bit of the of the Marvel syndrome a little bit because Marvel I feel has that formula nailed down where they have like movies like because you got a movie like Civil War which at its core is a very like serious very dramatic yeah, yeah. movie and yet there's a very light tone to it um, and I think in in relation to like something like Destiny you know if Destiny were something like a halo where there was a dedicated single player campaign with its own like dedicated tone then maybe yeah you know you would want to cut out some of the comedy but when you kind of play through destiny and if you play it the way i do where like because i i went for a warlock so i have like a revolver sniper rifle combo and all i do is pop headshots like left and right so even with the game's sort of tone the way that i'm playing it I can't not have fun. It's just like, boom, headshot, boom, headshot, boom, headshot. I'm unstoppable. Here's a little, you know, force beam, force beam. And I feel like if you're committing to that in the second game, it's probably better because, yeah, the game's theme is a little more dour, but you have all these people playing together, and there is that that element of, of fun that is to be had there, I think. So you want to kind of play to that even a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's a, you're right. It's a very hard balance because you don't want to lose anything by adding something else. Exactly. And it's just like, I guess part of it is to just last generation was so heavy with all the content that yeah. came out that like something fun and lighthearted was so few and far between. No, I see but, what you're saying. It, 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 almost, it almost seems cynical now. People just yeah. doing it because it's something to do. Yeah, exactly. And, and 
I, I can see us looking back at this generation the same way we did. This was the comedy generation. Yeah, the same way the last generation. Just be like, oh, my God, that's so tacky. Like we do now where it's like, oh, my God, everything's so brown and gray and just so over the top. It's, I feel like it's, it's one extreme to the next, and there's no fine line. And I Now, mm. this is just going off of a trailer. But the trailer yeah. is supposed to give away a bit of the tone. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. There's something about the comedy in that trailer that was just every game's trying to be uncharted. Yeah, uncharted. And and Jordan uh, hit a hit the nail on the head with the Marvel comparison. I've been saying that for years. Where I call it Tony Stark syndrome. Um, Tony Snark syndrome. Yeah, and it's just every character <laughs> has to be that yeah. Nathan Drake, Tony Stark, wise Kraken. Uh, and and the reason why it worked back then was because it wasn't seen a lot. Yeah. Now, when every character is trying to be Nathan Stark, it's just Nathan Stark. It's just you know, you know, the name of the podcast, right yeah. there, Nathan Stark. <laughs> Nathan Stark. It's just. I was going exhausting. back recently, and I was looking at like cutscenes from um, Jack and Daxter, and it's mm. like it really was that thing where, like, even like then, there it was so different because you had a character like jack who was sort of like you know serious but Mm -hmm. a little lighthearted. like he wasn't cracking wise all the time and then you had his polar opposite daxter who was just like just never turned it off everything he said was like an extremism and it just seems where i think that was a little bit indicative of the comedy at that point it was way more looney tunes like ratchet and clank and all those other games all the sony properties of that time period yeah that's true. It 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 worked better though for for what they were trying to do. When you take a a shooter, an apocalyptic shooter that's supposed to be this big end of the world cataclysmic situation and you have this guy who's just like what's my one liner going to be? It's just so like But not to be genuine. fair, and I think this goes back a little bit to um to like what I was saying before, yes, it is a post-apocalyptic cataclysmic thing, but it's not like the player is like an average human who's sort of living in the midst of all of this. Like every player character is this supposed godlike warrior who is more than equipped to deal with this. So it's kind of like, well, why wouldn't you be cracking jokes? I would. Yeah, I get like to an extent, <laughs> yes. But it wasn't even that he was cracking jokes. You have to you have to watch the the trailer. It was just just the, the tone his, of it. His tone while he was talking, it wasn't even a a joke. If it, like a one liner is one thing, but just like not treating the situation with the gravity that it should have. Mm, let's see. It's, I don't know. We're gonna beat this to death. I just I'm getting <laughs> sick. No, we'll never do that. I am getting was, sick of this. This I don't know if you guys see It's gonna it. take a long time for the games industry to kind of sway the other way because it's like a pendulum right like right now we're swaying the one way and eventually it's going to start swaying back the other it's just the time between extremes is so short agreed yeah i don't know if you guys seen it there's this great episode of teen titans go where um i have not seen any teen titans go cody it's so so good brendan you gotta watch it there's like the guys from the young justice cartoon they show up and they start giving crap to the teen titans for being like too goofy but isn't young justice cartoon kind of done in the original 
style and uh, Teen yeah, Titans and Go they, they, done. They do often make jokes in Teen Titans Go about like the old Teen Titans like style. It's it's really funny. <laughs> and then yeah, like I was so like they're giving crap to the Teen Titans for being too serious. And then at one point, like they're all in the house or just playing video games, and Robin's standing off the side. They're like, "Hey, what are you doing over there, man?" He's like, "Oh, just thinking about my." dead parents <laughs> they're all just like what and i think that is a perfect closing note for this you can't be too serious but you can't be too silly yeah okay that was, that was surprisingly not deep at all <laughs> bottom line t titans go good show watch it all right that was a ridiculous segue and moving on uh do we have any more game news i'm not seeing anything Really? That's Club Penguin closed down today, officially. Yeah. That's a thing that happened. Uh, yeah. I mean, I never played Club Penguin. No, I, didn't even, I didn't even know it was a thing. We probably should we should mention the Oculus Rift stuff, though. Before ah, we... yes. Brendan, that is your territory. I'll let you have that one. Okay. Um, does everyone know what happened with Palmer Lucky early on when he, the Trump campaign was going on? Nope. Yes, there was okay. uh, something to do. He paid people to run, like, Trump ads or something? Trump memes. He paid thousands of dollars yes, for Trump right. a- or tr- pro-Trump anti-Hillary memes. Yes, huh. that's one I do remember. That is a way to spend money, I guess. Yeah, well, he has millions of it. So um, yeah. so that happened. Then he kind of went, he went dark for months since the fall. And today it was announced that he is departing Oculus. Um, huh. With Are those two things uh, connected? I'm assuming it has something to do with that. because I you don't would just, say um, maybe that know, it's not the it Trump thing, <laughs> but maybe it's like the mishandling of money that might have caused him to step down, or maybe like forced his stepping down. Mm. So anyways, the statement... In a statement they, uh, they've, uh, they've made, Palmer, uh, the uh, Oculus has now said, Palmer Lucky will be dearly missed. Palmer uh, legacy extends far beyond Oculus's inventive spirit, helped kickstart the modern VR revolution, and helped build an industry. We're thankful for everything he did for Oculus and VR and wish him the best. Okay, so they're good. I, it seems like they're, they are just making it sound like he it was a sort of a mutual thing. But I kind of agree with Cody. That is a very bad way to spend a lot of money. But he was spending his personal money, not the Oculus's money. Oh, okay. So then, may, okay, maybe not. <laughs> it, it's possible the fact that um, it made the Oculus brand a little toxic for a while because people that, yeah. that are progressive didn't want to touch the Oculus name and were going for HTC or Sony's offerings. And I'm sure that hit Facebook's bottom line to some extent. Yeah, definitely. And um, I'm sure this was mutual, but there was also probably some animosity somewhere in the company. And uh, it's hard to say exactly what happened, but we might never know what happened, to be honest. But it, yeah. uh, hopefully he uh, finds what he's wants to do and um i'm sure i'm sure he'll yeah. he'll he'll stick around in the game industry someone like that doesn't just disappear from, I don't from know. like look at the notch he, he vanished oh okay then i mean i'm sure he's got i'm sure he has he has enough money, has enough money that he doesn't really <laughs> yeah. need to do anything ever again so you know if he wants to step back and just do what he needs to do i mean all power to him i have uh he should do what he needs to do that's all i can say 
Speaking of uh, of sort of game controversy, that I'm actually I was actually interested to pick your your you guys's brains a little bit on this. Um, okay. So you guys are both you guys both know of the uh, big John Jafari scandal that ha- happened yep. like oh, yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah. Did you guys hear that? Like I think it was like last week. Um, the guys at uh, um, I, I forget the name of the company, but the guys who were in ukulele. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they cut his like voice work out of the game. Sure. That seems a little unfair to me. Why? Because, you know, I feel like it's it's that kind of thing where if a guy has political views that maybe aren't the same to to you and yeah. you know and I don't want to get into the debate right now of whether or not they are right or wrong, you know, they are just his. Yeah. You know, do you sort of mess with his livelihood? It's not. He's, going, sort of he's already he, we would have already been paid for his work. So it's merely they just don't want to... Like, this happens all the time. There's lots of... In Hollywood, there are people that are cut out of movies completely because, due to political reasonings. And yes, it's annoying. Yes, it means they no longer have that for their CV, but that's part of the part of the reality when you go into any kind of creative career. Things can be cut last minute. If you... Yeah. If he made something that he they the studio feels will hurt the sales of the game, it's their call to take him out. I mean... Not saying it's right or it's wrong, but it's part of what these studios have to make a uh, call on. And in this I guess, situation, it's true. In this situation, if they viewed him keeping him in would cost them more than taking him out, they made that call. I mean, it's hard to say if it will pay off in the end. But to be fair, he was making gibberish for one of the side characters. Who cares? That's true. I suppose. I just. It just. It's sort of. To me, it sort of feels like a like a very big knee jerk reaction. And I guess that's really. why it doesn't sit well with me. Um, well, because it's not like John Tron has really lost a ton. Like a he lot lost of quite popularity. A, he has lost quite a bit of popularity recently. Not really. Yeah, uh, his subscriber rate. His numbers have not gone down significantly. But there's a lot of animosity towards him. Like there's less acceptance of the things he's doing or is saying so but see but that's that's i guess that's where i maybe like me personally that's where like uh maybe maybe this is why it annoys me a little bit because it's one of those things where it's like yeah i don't agree with a lot of what he's saying and if he were to actually like again he went on that podcast and was really just talking bollocks and he, he didn't know anything he was talking about but if like if his political views i suppose are thus like sure i don't agree with what he's saying but i'd still like him as an entertainer like he still makes me laugh i'm not going to stop watching his comedy because he has some views that are different from mine and maybe i don't agree with what he's saying i think at the end of the day um i don't think it has to do with them agreeing or disagreeing with anything he said Mm. i think ukulele releases very soon yep the embargo lifts very soon we can't say when but yes yeah i'm not gonna say when i'm just saying that it's going to lift soon because the game's coming out soon yeah um and with a controversy like that so fresh in their minds this is a very heavily anticipated game and you know i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of this game's success also is going to be you know, do or die for this studio. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, so no, that's a really good point. They they can't be risking it, and they don't want to have that lingering over the game. Yeah, I mean, if you, have a, if you have a specter of something that's, even though it might be a minor scandal, you don't want a specter of a scandal overshadowing the release of the game. So people are just talking about how John Tron's in the game, I won't buy the game, yeah. and have partitions against it. It only hurts your overall sales. And I'm... There were probably a few people that bought this game because John Tron was going to be in it, 
But I'm sure that's the minority of people because that was added rather late in the process. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. I mean, in a game where you have to, it's do or die, you make these calls and hopefully the right one. It might not be the right one, but it's the studio's call to make. And uh, yeah. honestly, it's this, it's a studio of however many people compared to one guy. And yes, that's a, that's kind of callous to say, but that's what they have to do. And especially when you're dealing with people's livelihood on the line, you go with the people that you're working with closely with, not someone that does a small aspect of the game. Even look at the Peter Dinklage thing we mentioned earlier. They cut his entire ga- uh, like entire repertoire from the game and put Nathan Nolan North in there. Peter Dinklage didn't go on a tirade about it. He just kind of said, all right. I guess I'm not no, in the they game didn't anymore. exactly cut Peter Dinklage out because it was a scandal thing. They cut no, him no. because he couldn't do one part of the game, and it just consistency reasons. Uh, that's true, but also people were complaining. Of, I'm sure part of the reason had to do with the fact that people were complaining about Dinklage's portrayal of that character, and people were upset by it. So they're like, eh, two birds, one stone. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> it was just interesting. Interesting to consider. Yeah, I, no, I, totally. I, I, I see where you're coming from. Um... And I, I understand that whole like knee jerk reaction against against him for saying things that were not politically correct. I'm not going to say whether or not no, any I mean, of us agree or disagree with the things he was saying. That's not this isn't the platform to use this for. Um, but at the end, I of the think day, they were unthought out statements. Yeah, no, I I I kind of understand like like the sentiment of what he was trying to say but yeah like i he was don't com- uh, and cody's right it's not the right platform but like at, at its core and then when he kind of released that apology video kind of like elaborating a little bit more on what he was trying to say it, it was that thing where I, was, I, I listened to it and i was like okay i get what he's saying i don't wholly agree with it but i do get what he's saying I feel Twitter is not the right platform to make political statements of such no. grand nature, and as such, you look like a fool if you do so. And it's it's one of those things. And he, even when he went on that like that podcast with uh, with Destiny, um, like you could tell he didn't do his research. He didn't know what he was talking about. And it's something that like I think if he were to come out and have those same opinions with like with facts to back them, with actual like thought out uh, like arguments, then he he might have at least a compelling argument whether it's right or wrong is a whole different conversation maybe i don't know i like i said i don't know if this is the the place to have this discussion no it's it's not this is is the thing that this is also it's hard to say what his views are because i mean as i as we just discussed it's really kind of convoluted in what he's actually saying and i don't know if he's as eloquent on this topic as he could be on other topics because it's not a topic he really has the repertoire to be knowledgeable on. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's sad to see him go down that road, but, you know, whatever. Well, I don't. I, I personally don't think it's going to hurt his bottom line too much anyway. A lot of his fans were, like, still in, like, in support of him, really. I mean, if he stays quiet uh, for long enough, then... It'll, it'll be one of those things that just goes away. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Exactly. I mean, if it's something that he keeps doing, like PewDiePie, then it'll be a different story. But yeah. PewDiePie still doing things? Yeah, oh, yeah. he did something he recently. I meant, is he still doing offensive things? Yeah, he, it was something that happened recently. I, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I just knew there was an upraid, up, uproar, and I saw oh, it was PewDiePie, and I was like, you know what? There are things in this life that 
I just don't have the energy to care about anymore. That's the correct yeah, that's, that's let's, correct. Let's, let's, just, let's just consider this. Tabuscus is still on YouTube, and he's still making videos and still making money. So That is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, you're right, Cody. You stay quiet long enough and just kind of keep doing the things that people like you for, you'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah. Should we take a break? Yeah. Let's go thank our sponsors at Comic Bento. Man, I wish I could get new comics every month, but I'm broke and oddly always $5 short. Lame. Wait, five bucks short, you say? Well, I've got something special for you. What the hell was that? It's me, the discount ghost of Coupons Past. Are you scared? What the f- Use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, to get $5 off your next Comic Bento subscription. So wait, if I use the code CGMEG, all in caps, all one word, I get $5 off my next Comic Bento? Yes, use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, and get $5 off your next Comic Bento. A whole $5, eh? Now that's scary. And we're back! That's a great new commercial we got there. It's what so was that better. nonsense? I didn't even hear my voice in that commercial. I know. We got Lavina and TJ to, uh, to do something yep. for us. You know what? There's just no topping that great commercial. You know what? I am going to say, uh, even though it's run its Don't course dare, and Cody. I did <laughs> get sick of it near the end, I'm proud of we what all did. we did. We all did. I'm proud of what we did. I thought it was a great commercial. And... Um, you know, Lavina, when she was recording the new commercial, she listened to the old one first um, because apparently she doesn't like the podcast. I'm joking. We, <laughs> she said, I'm the beauty guy. Yeah. I want to make we sure I don't Levina, But you for just, one reason or another, handle, she never I, got around realism. to listening to that ad. And um, <laughs> she was killing herself laughing over in the corner when she was listening to it. It was good, and I hope that you know was- the problem was is that we we thought we thought '90s we should have moved it back even further to like the '80s. Oh yeah, do an '80s style commercial. <laughs> we need more phaser, phaser effects. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Just yeah. <laughs> Podcast. D- oh no, Comic Bento does what other comic service don't. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll make it work. We'll, we'll make we'll, it work. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a brainstorm session and we'll figure this out. So Maybe anyway, we in, can have a brainstorm session after after you know I watch Samurai Jack. But first, you're gonna you're gonna yeah. tease me with it. So in lieu of Phil not being here, I am filling in ah. in the in the digital viewing media department, and I have been watching the new season of Samurai Jack. How is um, it? Oh my god, it is so good. Like, I was a really big fan of the original Samurai Jack, and that just goes to my love of uh, of uh, Jenny Tartakovsky. I'm saying that right? Um, and he's just like, he was just nailing it back then. But this new season, it, like, it's so good because it feels like nothing has changed. Like, it still feels very much like Samurai Jack, but it has the ability now, because it's on Adult Swim, to sort of have, the, like, what I would say is the initial tone that um, that Tartakovsky wanted. Like, but he, obviously he had to, like, keep it sort of clean for the censors at, uh, at, at Cartoon Network. Like, so it just... It's so good. It's so much darker. So if, if you guys don't like really, if not keeping up on it, and I guess this is for the viewers too. So this this series takes place 
50 years after the initial 50? Samurai Jack run. 50 years. So Samurai Jack's now like in his 70s? He's bearded Jack. But the but the problem is is that he doesn't age. Oh. So he is like he's basically been fighting this losing battle against Aku for 50 years and not only that Aku went out of his way to destroy every single time portal that existed. So now Jack has no way back to the past. So he And they show you right in the, the very past? first episode too. He can't get back to the past, even though that's his whole thing. And they show you right in the very first episode, too, that he like he gets separated from his mystical sword. So he's basically been on the run for like a big chunk. They, they haven't said how long, but like he's been on the run for a big chunk of time oh, without his sword a- and basically no purpose. Now, is this on Adult Swim now? Is that how the concept goes? Yeah, this is running on Adult Swim. So they, they've gotten a little... It's it's sort of kept the same tone. Like, they've, they've done one little bit of the episode with... Um, and they showed Aku. And this was actually something I really enjoyed. Um, they got the same voice actor who replaced um, Mako in Legend of Korra when he, like, redubbed or redid all the lines... Or, like, redid the stuff for, um, for Iroh. So I, I liked how they kind of kept that consistency of having the, sort of the same voice actor who did Iroh and also doing Aku and sort of like, I guess, paying uh, homage to Mako. Yeah. But it's sort of the same thing. Like when they did the Aku stuff, it was very light. It was very comical. Yeah. Like he's like sitting down with this like therapist who is also Aku and he's like talking to him about, about his problems. Um, And then like, it's just, it's just so amazing too, like how much better the animation has got too. like, Everything is so fluid and beautifully done. Like, like you know, in the in the original run of the series, like it's it sort of felt like a lot of the combat and uh, choreography was very like janky yeah. in a kind of cartoon networky kind of way. In this one, it's like they show like everything. It's like 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 at a oh, oh what I want to say is like the animation equivalent of like sixty fps. Like you see like the follow through of every punch and kick, like. And then just what they do with, like, color and, and different sort of styles of animation. Um, there was one just brilliant scene in the last episode. Because they're running them every Saturday night. And uh, where these like gr- this group of these, like, female assassins uh, have been, like, hunting Jack down. And they chase him down into this forest. And as they chase him down, it starts snowing. Okay. So basically, the entire landscape is just pure white it's almost like that scene uh that they did when he was fighting the the ninja Mm -hmm. and they were like climbing that tower and then like it's so as they're fighting like jack sort of like like popping in and out of the snow just like completely disappearing and then he starts like running through the forest and it's it's beautifully sort of accented by like him running you sort of see the trees and stuff in the foreground but it like never changes that just pure white background it's so like so brilliantly done and then they get into the stuff too like where like yeah they actually have a little bit of gore now because like Mm. it's adult swim so they actually show like jack bleeding and uh and they got into some really interesting stuff too with the idea like that for like these past 50 years and through and this was sort of what i think was an interesting nod to the original run where like um uh, tartakovsky that's a hard name to say like in a in a quick fluid beat (laughs) Like, he wanted to have all this violence and stuff because it was a samurai show, but the censors wouldn't let him, so he got through it by basically making all the enemies robots. 
And they actually play into that in, in the new series where, like, that's sort of been Jack's mindset for so long. Like, he doesn't really, like, he doesn't see past that anymore. Like, it's just like, it's fine. They're just robots. I can fight them. It's f-. And then when he actually, like, kills his first human because he thinks it's a robot, like, it's got this serious weight on him. And he actually, like, has this sort of internal battle with his own psyche hmm. about, like, whether or not he's going to keep killing. Wow. Hmm. It's it's been really really well done. Like and and I kind of like too how how they're not doing like like the way the first series did, where sort of like every episode was sort of like an individual vignette that took part of like an overarching story. Like it is that thing where every episode is a direct continuation of the last one because this whole series is supposed to be like the final nail in the coffin. This is the definitive ending for That's Samurai true. Jack. We needed an ending to be honest. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, so if you guys haven't watched it yet, get into it. Like, it is really good. And the music is really on point. Like, everything about it is just fantastic. Awesome. I will definitely have to listen to this. Or watch this, rather. <laughs> Sorry. Podcasting. What do you think? No, it's, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I've i been meaning to catch it, but I haven't had a chance to. I've been... Um, I haven't really watched a lot of TV, really, recently. I've been, like, trying to catch the episode here and there of Riverdale, but I actually kind of hate it. It's. it's I hear it's, it's really good. Yeah. Okay. I've been hearing good things Here about we it. Go. We're going to talk about this. <laughs> I don't think we need to, but okay. Yay. Um, it's comics. I, We're I comics hate, gaming. I hate all of the characters. They are all awful. And my But biggest, I heard that's the whole point. It's supposed to be like trashy in that way. Well, here's my biggest gripe. Um, there is one member of the LGBTQ community in the, the show. And... He is just a big old walking stereotype. And he definitely is. It is. Is it Jughead? No. No. I mean, he is also a walking oh, stereotype, okay. kind of a creepy dude, but yeah. <laughs> um, Jughead's actually one of the only people that I like, but that's mostly because it's Cole, right? Cole Sprouse? Okay. His Twitter game is fantastic. You need to, like, anyway. Um, there's one uh, gay character, and he's a big walking stereotype. And it's actually really frustrating to watch uh, to the point where, like, it, it turns me off of watching it sometimes when he has too much screen time. It's borderline offensive. Hmm. The, it was So I can't tell if that if that's, like, if that's poor planning or if it does fall in line with the show. Because from what I've heard so far of the show, I haven't watched it, but I heard it's, like, it is that sort of, like, Archie meets, like, Desperate Housewives. Like, it's supposed to be really, really trashy, and you're not supposed to like any of the characters. Well, here's the thing. It's, I, not, it's not that I... Well, okay. I, I understand that, um, like, the characters aren't supposed to be super likable. Uh, Scream did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are all bad characters. Except for Noah. Noah is perfect. Um, Which but Noah? Noah's the nerdy... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's, he's fantastic. He's the only good one. Um, but... I don't know. It's just the the, the way that, that he's represented is um, is a little frustrating to watch. And I'm not the only one. I've had conversations with people about it, too. It's just, uh, just no es bueno. Hmm. It's it's almost like they just were kind of like, how how does a gay person act? Oh, here, watch. <laughs> Hello. Let's watch, yeah, exactly. Let's watch <laughs> Mean Girls, which came out in the 2000s. And... They still used words like retarded. Yeah, you should not say that. Yeah, no. you shouldn't. Um, Unless you're talking about actual, like, flame retardant stuff. Then it's okay. Yeah. That's retardant. That's retardant. 
Um, <laughs> and it's like they, yeah, but they to just retard were... something is to make it retardant. Anyway, uh, uh-huh. it's just like they they took cues from that and were like, oh, this is how a gay person should act in a teen drama instead of just trying to you know make a character that happens to be gay. But hey. Yeah, but I feel like TV is still kind of in that weird space where they haven't fully figured it out. It out. I'm gonna say no. No, well, because like even is- even a show like um like Modern Family, right? Like you have the two gay characters, and Mitchell is like grounded, and he like is a believable, just normal gay person. But then you have him offset by Cam, who is that like sort of flamboyant, almost stereotypical gay guy. Yeah, but the comedy from that stems from how different they are. But I feel like, but even, but can't they just be the different? Like, can't they be sort of opposites, but not have them have one of them be like a sort of flamboyant? Like, oh, of course, because he's gay. To be fair, there are there guy. are flamboyant people. Yeah, that is a thing that exists. It's not. It's not the fact that that is a, a negative stereotype or anything like that. It's the fact that that's the only representation. Yeah, I mean, there are lots of variations of every person on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, whereas Modern okay. Family at least does a good enough job to show that's like... To be fair, I find both both are pretty bad. But, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not going to try to... I, I sort of like Modern Family to a point where it's like I'll watch it if it's on TV. Um, I don't mind Modern Family yeah, either. It's, but it's just one of those things where it's, it's so noticeable and it's so out of touch and it's so uh, just frustrating to watch and it really is turning me off. But I'm, I'm invested. I, I'm... I'm far enough along in the story that, like, if I give up now, it's just, like, I wasted my time, so I'm going to finish it. Yeah, yeah, sure. I guess it's fair. Yeah. I've heard mostly good things about it, so yeah, I don't I don't know where I... I would have to, I have to sit down and watch imagine, it. Imagine... Have you seen Scream yet? No, I oh, haven't. Dude. I heard that was really bad. Uh, no, Scream's really it's good. It's dumb, but it's it's okay. It's I like Scream. Um, it's a classic whodunit. Um, and with Scream... Or, sorry... With with Riverdale, it feels like it borrowed a lot from Scream. Maybe. Just toned down a bit. And um, in a way, it just kind of makes me want to watch Scream again. But I don't want to watch Scream again. Oh, I love Scream. I'll be, I'll be kind of honest. I It kind of made me, I would say, a little bit relieved to hear that uh, Iron Fist was really bad. Yeah. And just show that like Marvel isn't perfect at everything. Exactly, yeah, because they've been nailing it out of the park with every try. It almost it almost felt like can they screw it up? And then they did. It's like, all right, perfect. They, you know, they they have that capacity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, each Netflix offering has gotten progressively worse. So it was only a matter of time before yeah. that happened. I don't think that Luke Cage was as good as like first season no, of Daredevil or even Jessica Jones, yeah. but it was still Good. I still enjoyed it. Exactly. It's just Daredevil was fantastic. Jessica Jones, you could make an argument was better, but I don't think so. Um, I think it was pretty good. Season two of Daredevil was wow. Mm. Um, I liked it. The first half, it was a pretty was good. Yeah, yeah, we'll say that the first half was wow. Second Um, half was kind of like yeah, ninjas. It was. It was. I still prefer the first season. Um, also, oh yeah, there's too. a lot of questions 100%. I have about the second se- second season of Daredevil. There's so many questions that don't make sense, but yeah, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So it's bound to happen. But I mean, like, okay, one second before we go on, I just we need to talk about one episode of Daredevil. Uh, do you remember the in the first season, the episode where they give uh, Wilson Fisk his flashbacks of like what his childhood was like? Yes, that was some of the most intense and brutal TV done so perfectly. Yeah. Oh yeah, but but like I'm on I'm sort of on the side of the fence where I think like 
so much of first season Daredevil was really intense mm-hmm. TV. Like, even the second episode where he goes to rescue that kid and they have that just long, stable yeah. hallway shot where he's just getting his ass kicked yeah. through that fight. And you, like, you actually see him just getting, like, just thrown around. Like, that was really intense to watch because you're like, holy, like, this guy is, like, he might just bite it here. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, falling on the ground and taking, like, three minutes to get back up. Like... Yeah. So yeah, it, it, but but a lot of the stuff they did with Fisk was like just wow. You see, it was dark. The thing with Daredevil is now here I, I'm going to start criticizing the MCU for a bit. So I'm I know how everyone feels about me doing that. But you are the worst person ever, Cody. It makes me Scro- wish that uh, Marvel would do more um, like less flashy superhero stuff. Like don't get me wrong, it can be fun. But I feel like there's not enough depth in the MCU. And that at least, you know, at least with, like, the DCEU, I'm not going to try to defend Suicide Squad. You shouldn't. Um, But at least Batman vs. Superman attempted at depth. It didn't succeed, but it tried. Mm -hmm. And I can at least applaud it at that. But... Mm. um, you say so, Cody. <laughs> they tried. I didn't say they did a good job at it. They just, they tried. Okay. Bless their hearts. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just, I want to see more of that, um, you know, the struggle and the, uh, like a fully developed character. That's and, fair. And things like that. I can see that. Yeah, something a little, well, I mean, I feel like that kind of, I, that idea of like the grounded sort of gritty like superhero was sort of like like it has been done through the Nolan Batmans yeah. and by the end of the Nolan Batmans it was getting problematic. Uh yeah, no, totally. And I think we're starting to get to the other end of it now. Cuz that's it's just become too like fun yeah. that Yeah, exactly. Okay, now, yeah. I can kind of see where you're going we'll with that see, one. We'll see we'll see what happens with Spider-Man. If Spider-Man, Spider-Man looks like a romp. Yeah. I don't think that's going anywhere grounded. If, if Spider-Man can pull it off, then it might not be a problem. Uh, but at the time of this recording, I'm just going to say... And I'm going to... Before I say it, I'm going to say I never thought this back when we were first, like, Wave of Avengers and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I'm getting sick of the superhero movies. Yep, I am too. I don't want any more. They have to shake something up. Or else, I'm just gonna. I, I'm fatigued. You know, I'm barely going to the Marvel offerings now. I was having this conversation with a friend earlier today um, because we were talking about going to see Ghost in the Shell, and she was giving me the whole, well, I'm not gonna see it because, you know, controversy. And I kind of said, well, like, whether or not you support the controversy, you should at least go see it because for nerds like us, you know, 20 years ago, we couldn't have dreamed that the the major Hollywood blockbuster scene would be completely dominated by superhero movies and sort of like nerd ephemera. And now, like even with Ghost in the Shell, you have this this very popular but sort of I would I want to say kind of a cult at least uh, anime. As animes go, it's the is, least culty of them all. Okay, I feel like it, like it's it's that kind of cult offering, maybe like in the Western world, 
even then, I think it's one of the most popular enemies that ever were. I don't know. Is it more popular than One Piece and Naruto? I think those are more niche than... Um, okay. Oh, okay. It's hard to say. I think Ghost in the Shell is definitely bigger than One Piece. I don't know. Naruto is huge. Naruto is gigantic. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. It was then, stupid then, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retract my previous statement. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But, like, you know, you have a big anime-like go... And, Big, but also kind of like like weird and out there. Like it's not like it's got that sort of very easily adaptable Saturday morning cartoon feel that yeah, like yeah. One Piece or Naruto have. Like yeah, it's definitely and now from that that's... era of great adult anime. Yeah, yeah, and now that too has a major Hollywood blockbuster money behind it release happening. You know, I feel like we should support it because no, this is I'm, our time. no. I'm gonna argue that no. Um, Hollywood is not doing it to be nice to nerd culture. They're doing it because they see money to be made out of it. To just see... Yeah, I mean, no, 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 I no, agree no, with you no, there. No, let me finish. Um, to see a movie just because it's on a base on a property you like, that's how we got those bad uh, Dragon Ball Z animes and uh, movies and all this other stuff. It might be a good, it might be a good adaptation. That being said, I'm not going to see it just because it's an adaptation of something we enjoy. But... I, I no. would, okay. But the Dragon Ball Z movie was a B movie. It wasn't a big Hollywood. It had a lot of money behind release. it. It had a lot of money behind Not it. Not nearly as much as Ghost in the Shell. Not though. nearly as much as Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, okay. and it didn't have a Silent big Hill. Hollywood actress like Scarlett Johansson Silent behind Hill. it. Silent Hill. That was a video game movie. Still. And Silent Hill 1 was not a bad movie. Yeah, it was okay. Here, Revelations was garbage, but Silent Hill 1 I thought was a pretty fair adaptation of the game stuff. I, I'm going to have to side with Jordan to an extent. Mm. On one hand, I feel like just because I'm a fan of something doesn't mean I owe that property anything. You don't need the popular thing. Though. Um, but with that being said, if I want to see more of that kind of stuff, you got to speak with your wallet. Now, that being said, I don't know if we need adaptations of classic media on other media. Like, that's just re- like remakes. I don't see a reason to have remakes. That's Hollywood in a nutshell, right yeah, now. But anyway. be, I, yeah, I don't want to. Su- I don't want to support it blindly. I'll support a movie that's good. Okay, I don't. So, okay, well, okay, but then how do you know if a movie's good? You see it. But you don't so exactly. Th- th- but you, th- but <laughs> Cody, there's a thing called box office weekend is the most no, important no, time. Not, for a movie. No, but who cares? You not you don't owe the studio the, anything. The, like Hollywood does. The market does. You don't owe the studio anything. You read reviews. You figure out how that thing is. Much like you don't buy a game based on. That's why you don't buy blindly buy sequels like Mass Effect Andromeda. You read reviews, figure out for yourself. Yes, and I think and I think that's what with like at least with movies. That's typically like what the better end of it is because most movie reviews come out like on the same day yeah, as the movie. So you movie decide if you want to see it or not. If the reviews sound like it's, to... if the review was something someone that you trust and they have similar tastes to you, go see the movie. Like Phil now, Brown. But if a movie reviewer that has a similar taste to you says it's awful, maybe take heed to that and don't see it day one. Or, or I'm gonna throw this out there. If you like Ghost in the Shell and you want to consume more Ghost in the Shell media, go see it. Or no, but Cody, there's going to be more Ghost in the Shell media no matter what. In Japan, that that property is just yeah. gangbusters. There's like four different series along with two movie, no, but three if someone, movies. No, if someone likes Ghost in the Shell and everyone's crapping on it, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to see it anyway. Yeah, sure, that but that shouldn't be a problem. You know, who cares? But it's that well, your one thing is not going to change anything. Here's what I'm what I'm trying to get at is that. 
it's I think it's it's just the general idea because yes, Ghost in the Shell is very popular and Ghost in the Shell will always exist in Japan and I'm sure they like, they would make live action movies of of Ghost in the Shell in in Japan, but it's it's the idea of having this big Hollywood worldwide kind of release that you don't get with anything else. And the fact that 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 the industry of of film and like as it exists in the sort of Hollywood sphere is dominated right now by stuff that was mostly like like important to us growing up as nerds, like that's something that's very important. It's something that that could, if it like, it didn't exist for such a long time. You know, it's it's sort of the thing that like, where I uh, I don't know if I if it's true or not, or if it went anywhere. But I like I I thought I was I heard early rumors that Nintendo was talking with Disney about making a Super Mario Brothers like animated movie, and it feels like if that if those kind of movies don't get the support that they need, because Brendan, you are right. It's 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 based on the money and the industry then it's sort of that thing where it's like if that starts dying out well they say okay well we don't need to make superheroes movies anymore because they don't make money anymore so we're just not going to do it and that you'll get the odd you know maybe no, no. you get a batman every but now and thing. again you should not blindly support any property there's like that i don't think you should see suicide squad because you want to see more dc movies what you should do is support the good movies and not support the bad movies but as it, anything else but you shouldn't you shouldn't blindly support any industry because they're making something you like that is what they want you to do and that is anti-consumer to the highest degree so okay so then what happens if uh ghost in the shell bombs okay and then um who has akira right now uh, I think uh, Warner Brothers owns it. Warner Brothers owns it. Okay, yeah. So. Well, they they have the rights to it. I think. Okay. The so actually and and I was reading today too that apparently they they want yeah they're they're talking the guy to did, Donald. Uh, no no. Uh, yeah. Um. Peele. Oh no to uh to uh, Jordan, Jordan Peele. Peele. Sorry, I was thinking Donald Glover for some reason. That is <laughs> racist. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I just thought about him for a second. Popped in my he's head. Not you know, director. he's very talented. He is very talented. He is His new album is really he's good. Be too. in Lando. That's probably why I was thinking. Yeah. So if Warner Brothers. Uh, sees those numbers. I don't and, think we needed an Akira movie. Fox, and then Fox, who wanted to do a Attack on Titan adaptation. I don't think we need that um, either. That's great that you don't, but I want to see Attack on Titan. But that's what I mean, Brendan. It's like so. And, yeah, like and, and why what, wouldn't and what if that you creates want... like, a domino effect where it's like, well, you know, Ghost in the Shell is a huge anime property and it bombed, but it won't bomb. No, I, and it won't. I don't think it would have that kind of knock-on effect either. No, it, it, it's Maybe. It, it isn't that one movie does badly, they all fall. It's if three movies do badly in a row, they stop doing it, and they will stop making bad. If one does bombs, they'll say what went wrong with that movie, and then look and see what the people' reactions to it were, and try to adapt. If three bomb think- in a row, it means that no, there's no appetite for that kind of movie. That's but I answer. do kind of agree with Cody on that one. Like it's that kind of thing where you look at something like an Akira movie being directed by someone like Jordan Peele. It could be exciting. Impressive of Get Out. Like it could be really exciting, and that could be really good. But you have to. But like Cody said, if if the numbers don't line up, they might say, "Well, people obviously don't want movies based on but like popular anime, so let's not make it." The timeline and the way movies are funded now. They are not decided on a dime. They're not decided on one movie, how that does. What they will do is they'll look at who's involved, what the property did, and who came to see it. If they're not getting the numbers in all fields... So Scarlett Johansson's involved. Yeah. One of the biggest it's, names okay. in Hollywood. But, but Cody, <laughs> this movie bombing or not bombing is not going to change the other course of other movies. What's going to change the course of other movies is two or three of these movies in a row bombing. 
and people saying, well, I guess people do not care about anime movies and they'll stop making them. But that's not what's going to happen. You have I mean, to, you have still to. have to decide with your wallet. You should not blindly support Hollywood no matter what. Because if you do, they'll just keep pu- putting crap down your throat as if you want it. I don't think that's exactly what Jordan's saying, though. I don't think he's just saying for, you know, if you want more of this. I do think that there could be a little more of a domino effect if... Because, I mean, those games... Or those games, those movies aren't even... Um, Who knows? They, they haven't even gotten... The Akira a, movie's been in talks for 10 to 15 yeah, years no, now. no, totally. But... Like the Evangelion movie that never happened, yeah, Robin Williams okay. was involved so, in. So think of all the trouble oh. they've had getting an Akira movie off the ground. That's Maybe eventually they'll just say, well, you know, Ghost and Shell didn't do well. Why would we bother with that? But, but Cody, you're putting it all on one thing. If no. the movie's bad, don't see it. If the movie's good, see it. And how do you don't, how do you determine if you the read reviews like what we do, <laughs> what we are doing right now? We have reviews. <laughs> if every to be review- fair. Most reviews of Ghost in the Shell that I've seen have been pretty yes. good. Yes, and I so so I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and this might be a controversial opinion. I don't think a review should be your be all end all. No, it of, shouldn't. But if you look at numerous reviews and they're all saying the same thing, and it's something you don't like, don't see it. But if you, you look at reviews and saying, well, the thing they're complaining about, I don't care about, I'll see it anyways. That's you're making an informed decision. Don't just blindly give anyone your money. Much like, especially if movies cost now, they're 15 to 20 bucks a movie. No, totally. It's a lot True. of money. With that being said, even involved. if it was getting crapped on, I'd be interested to see what's happening in Ghost and Shell. I might see it when see it. it's on video. Maybe. Or Netflix, or HBO, or The Drive-In I mean, at a double feature. I went to go see Ghostbusters, the reboot, and half of my mentality kind of was, and I know, like, I know this obviously runs counter what Brendan is saying, but like half of my mentality kind of was, well, you know what? I need to give this my money because... like. People need to see that this is like we. This is the direction we should be going, and like relaunching Ghostbusters is okay. It's okay to have a female cast. Like this deserves our money. If it's bad and the reviews slam it, then when they do the next one, hopefully they learn from the reviews and they make it better. But like, it's just that idea of of using your money to try to lead it in the direction that it needs to go. Jordan, I'm going to point out the Transformers franchise encounters you what you just said. That movie gets reviews critically horribly every single time and it makes more and more money every single time yeah you know because like i said the money was there my to point be fair, though i thought i heard that the fourth one wasn't too nope, bad the fourth one was horrible the last half made no sense and it had a random trip to china <laughs> and the dinosaur appeared for like 20 minutes I thought I heard that apparently it's not good, but I heard that nope, it is. Ninja Turtles 2 was a lot better than the first one. Okay, you're right. It was slightly better. It had a coherent story so, for some of so it. So they learned something. I'm going to throw it out there. No. No. <laughs> they couldn't even make Baxter Stockman a fly. Nope. Terrible. That was the next movie. That was the next movie. <laughs> I mean, oh, we well. have five more entries in the Power Rangers franchise, so I mean, oh, right in the I don't world. care anymore. I'm just gonna say, yeah. if you want to support it, support it. It's your money. Yeah, at sure. The end of the day, if but, that's what you want to do, that's what I'm you just saying. Do. Don't blindly support anything just because it has the property you like tagged on it. And I'm just saying, it's sort of worth supporting because the industry is right now dominated by all the stuff that we nerds really liked, and we should keep it that way. Um, but I also am getting tired of all the nerd property movies. No, you're I'm getting tired of, of superhero just, movies. I'm getting tired of nerd property movies in general because, you know something? I don't mind a historical drama sometimes. I don't mind yeah, a general horror those. movie that's not based on some kind of weird, obscure graphic novel sometimes. I don't mind it. 
I know. We, yeah, we still get those. Less, we just get more superhero stuff now. But there's a slate of movies that are released every year. The movies that are getting funding are the superhero or nerd properties because they get money. And the movies that are now the kind of the more industry arts type movies are getting less money just based on the economics of filmmaking as it is now. Well, I mean, uh, if, we're, if we're going off of that, an interesting conversation with Phil. Um, yeah, a few we should really get Phil in on this. About um, the history of, not the history of the film industry, but I, I used to be a bit more of a film buff, and then I just stopped. I'm trying to be more of a film was, buff now. There was just I studied film. Okay. Um, there was True. just you more. I, I just I couldn't deal with. Sorry, I, I just couldn't keep on top of everything. I decided video games are going to be my expertise. And um, I, I, I fell out of... I, I lost a lot of knowledge because you just stop, you stop keeping up on things. You forget a lot of things. Um, and I, I was talking to Phil about, like, what made the 70s and, to a lesser extent, the 90s, um, so, so great with cinema? Like, why was there so much artistic integrity in, in mainstream cinema? Sim- cinema. Drugs. Uh, drugs are part of it, probably. Uh, but <laughs> essentially what he said was um, there's a specific genre that took over Hollywood in the 60s. It was musicals and epics, and people got sick of it. And all of a sudden, those movies weren't making as much money. And eventually, uh, some art, art, more artistic ventures that were cheaper picked up more, stre- more steam and eventually those took over, and studios loved it because they didn't have to spend as much. I think we're reaching that point soon. Oh, we're reaching our, like, our, our peak? Yeah. So I think I, I could see that happening where we have a situation where it's, you know, eventually people are just going to get sick of superheroes. And there's only so many obscure franchises that Marvel can yeah. pull out of their library that people are going to care about. And see, that's sort of the, the, the thing that's it almost feels like a shame because realistically, not every superhero movie needs to be made like the Avengers. Like you, there's such an interesting like amount of story to be told with these like godlike characters or even just like these even characters like Batman who are flawed, but they like do the right they try to do the right thing. Like, like there's such a pantheon of characters to do interesting stuff with. And yet like it's it's almost it's like you said like they're taking the safe bet on movies like the avengers because they know they can get returns on them yeah yeah okay so it's almost like the like it's like there's nothing wrong with the superheroes it's what's wrong with the making of the movie the the type of movie being made about that i will be interested to see what happens with um they want to make or they have already made a script for a new Spawn movie that is going I, to... I'm not at all looking cool. forward to this one, but... Well, let me finish. Um, it's going to be more of a horror-centric sure. uh, movie. That would and be cool. And I'm actually interested to see what they can do, because that at least is experimenting within a formula. Yeah, sure. Um, you know what I'm like not at all interested in, and I don't know why anyone would be? Venom? This, this supposed f- solo Venom yep. movie. How to guess. <laughs> Like, am I the only one who doesn't think that Venom is really not that interesting of a character? He's not. Well, he's a Todd McFarlane character, so I mean, he's just—he's he's he's just he's a different type of Spawn. Spider-Man. Yeah. We should probably wrap up there. It's, we've gone rather long today. 
Well, we didn't even talk about uh, what we've been yes, playing. We I know. Well, we went on that long rant about superhero movies. Well, I want to talk about something because everything? I'm going to be you a viral. Talk about everything? Yeah. We're, I'm going to be a viral sensation, I tell you. I played everything. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh, literally everything. Not lit- Yeah, literally everything. The game, game, everything. Um, It is an existential crisis. That's what I've come to the conclusion so of. Um, I. It's just... You can tell it was made for the YouTube generation. They're like, oh, let's make let's make it so minimalistic that the characters have to do somersaults to to move, and that'll get the kids watching, and then we can like throw in our weird existential crisis and then make kids question their existence too. Um, it's genius in that respect, but I'm not entirely sure what's going on. And that's my review. That's awesome. Ah. Very good. You can play as a deer and as a paramecium. Uh, you can play as a galaxy. You can play as a, like a pillow. Yep. There's there's a lot going on. Uh, well, lot. I haven't been playing so much. I've been playing a bit of The Walking Dead. Yeah. I guess I'm going to start episode three tonight. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's you know. It's not. It's not great. I'm not enjoying it. I'm over The Walking Dead, and I was over. But the I think I think after the first season. Yeah, that is my point about it is because like number one, I am sort of over The Walking Dead and number two is that like it feels like so much of what was done in the second season of The Walking Dead is being done again. Except except, like, you you know, just not as good. Yeah, Mm. it's lame. And it's kind of like, well, okay, you know, oh, great. Another group of people who are sort of like the saviors, but there's no Negan involved. So who cares? Yeah. You know, some more disposable characters who just show up just to possibly die. And then, you know, some of the characters from the comic are going to show up and you know nothing bad's going to happen to them because they have to be around for the comic. And the TV show. <laughs> it's not, it's not, yeah. I mean, it's, is whatever. I think, I do think Telltale needs to get away from The Walking Dead because, like, the first season was really good because it was new. The second season was really good because you got to play as Clementine. It was, like, different and, and better. Like, The Wolf Among Us was really good. I heard fairly good things about uh, Game of Thrones. Like, when they stick to... When they start branching out to different properties... The Batman series that they did actually made it in as my number five favorite game last year. I heard really good things about that. I've still been meaning to play that one, too. But it's just, like, The Walking Dead, you realistically, like, you've done everything you can do with that game. And it's, like, the th- it's the fourth one now, too, including the Michonne thing. Yeah. Yep, it's been a lot. So it's like, realistically, just get away from it, Telltale. Find a new property to do stuff with. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that is my... Because you know you know what other Telltale game I've been playing recently, and I, I finally got around to playing it just now? What? Strong Bad's cool game for attractive people. Oh, wow. <laughs> what is that? And it's it's the Telltale point-and-click adventure, like, legit point-and-click adventure game that they made about Strong Bad oh, okay. and the Homestar Runner franchise. Oh, wow, okay. And it is hysterical, and it's really hard. Like, me and my buddy played it for a solid, like, two and a half hours just straight, and we didn't even get, like, I wouldn't even say halfway through the first episode, and we, like, hit the brick wall. Like, we have five items we have nothing to, no idea what to do with. We just went around clicking every item on every character, trying to see what would work, and, like, it just it really brought me back to that good era of of classic point and click. That's awesome. Sometimes you need that that a nice little reminder. 
a little grim yeah, fandango. It just, it just it just felt so good too because it's like we like with with strong bad and the homestar runner franchise just sort of being gone for so long like it felt good to see something that was homestar runner related that was new to me yeah well, that's and I've also been playing a lot of Zelda on my Switch. We were talking about this briefly earlier. Yeah, we, and I really enjoy it. Um, it's not without its problems. Yeah, it's it's not this this perfect ten out of ten game that everyone says it is. But you know what? When everyone was saying Zelda Breath of the Wild was a ten out of ten, I was like, you know what? Everyone said Skyward Sword was a ten out of ten too, and look how that turned out. You know what? Maybe maybe reel it back with the ten out of tens, guys. Okay, I don't. Yeah, that's why. Okay, I gave it a nine and a half out of ten. All right. I would give it an I. You know what? Getting base almost to the end of it now, I would probably put it at an eight. That's fair. Um, I gave it a nine and a half. Um, because like it, it, it is a good game. Yeah, uh, it's the frame and I can rate see that where, really like, held it back for me. Um, and I don't know. I I don't think I think eight's a little too low. Uh, because this well, has you know been what? the best Zelda game in a very long time. Yes, but it also like it's that thing where it's like like outside of the like the frame rate issues which are a little inexcusable, outside of the stamina system needing a serious rebalance and the durability system being absolute bollocks. Um it's just sort of that thing where like like everything that was that felt kind of like really new and exciting when you start playing it when you sort of get like further and further in it's just one of those um it feels to me like one of those sandbox games that plays its hand a little bit and then you kind of realize okay like i've kind of seen everything there is to see now and there's still like like you know 20 hours worth of game left what made me really love it and i actually wrote an article about it before the game came out because i was allowed to um i talked about how interesting Hyrule was and how full of life Hyrule was and how Hyrule oh, yeah, no, I would agree with you on that one. story in itself without even uh, hearing about like before you even hear exactly what happened Hyrule itself explains everything perfectly and yeah, that and for it, me it was feels what, very lived in yeah that's for me was what made it a nine and a half out of ten just that alone was just so um it's the high rule I've always wanted. And that's the thing I think where I can agree with you on the point that like I think the sum total of all its parts, I understand why like people are seeing it as a nine and even a ten out of ten. But for me personally, like like it's just one of those things where like I can't excuse those flaws and it brings it down just a little bit like lesser for me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think with- and then I and then I thought about um, I was thinking about uh, because like you know for my own channel I totally missed the boat on reviewing it but like I'm still gonna do some kind of review thing for it and I was thinking about the top five best Zeldas like ever yeah mm-hmm. and here's my list I'm not gonna go into great detail because we are running on time but number five Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks I believe that's number actually th- um, uh, the producer's favorite game in the series. I love it, and it's so good, and yet it's kind of an underrated Zelda. I think a lot of people I know, they, they put Phantom Hourglass above it, and I don't understand why. I... Number four, it was going to be Breath of the Wild. That, that took the number four spot okay. for me. Number three, A Link to the Past. Okay. Number two, Wind Waker. Okay. And number one, Majora's Mask. Wow, I'm going to leave Ocarina of And time a lot of you fanboys could come after me because, you know, oh, Ocarina of Time's on the list, because Ocarina of Time is not a perfect game, nor is it a very good game. Okay. And with that, yeah, yeah, I went there. Thank you for listening, everyone. (laughs) 
for more content like this. Yeah, because this is the point out. they all stopped listening. <laughs> you can check out cgmagonline.com. You can follow us. You can like us on Facebook, on the Book of Faces, at facebook.com slash magazine. We're on YouTube at cgmagonline. We're on Twitter at cgmagonline as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody underscore Orm, O-R-M-E. Jordan. I'm on Twitter at NinjaJordan underscore. And Brendan. BeefRide26. And Jordan is wrong about Ocarina of Time not even making the top five. And with that, goodbye. <laughs> we will talk to you later. <laughs>